Hey, listeners, warm welcome back to the Aligned and Unstoppable podcast. I am so excited that you're here and just so grateful. I really want to just say thank you to everyone who has either left a kind review over on iTunes, who has taken a screenshot and tagged me on Instagram or just DM'd me, and even people who've gone out of their way to email me that's saying, hey, something in this episode really struck home and um, I'm doing something about it or I'm taking action or I'm I'm, I'm going to take your challenge to be relentless in my business for 90 days. I I just want to say thank you. Those messages mean the world to me. So keep them coming. I always appreciate them. So this week's episode is very special. And actually, really, the whole month of October, these episodes are very special because they're going to be dedicated to Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. That is the month of October. So if you or someone you care about has lost a child to stillbirth, miscarriage, SIDS, or any other cause at any point during pregnancy or infancy, please join us in raising awareness about this month. October is very special in that way. And I know most of my listeners are women. And the fact is that one in four women will lose a baby during pregnancy, delivery, or infancy. So these are really important things that I do want to talk about, even though maybe it is not directly related to our business. If you are a woman, it is somewhat related to you. And what's really special about this week's episode in particular is I have a special guest named Abby Feeder with me. She is from InCircle Fertility. And in this episode, she talks about her journey of entrepreneurship as well as fertility and what she does now in her business that she helps people who are going through their own fertility journey to offer them support and to help them through to that next level, even beyond. And she's had some clients who have successfully had babies and she helps support them in that fourth trimester. So it's really interesting to have this conversation with her. She goes through all different stages of building her business. Her and her husband actually created a podcast to document and almost have like a sounding board to process the trauma that was going on as they were being told by medical professionals, nope, it's not going to happen for you. You won't be able to have a baby. And so this is a really interesting story that Abby shares about creating her podcast, then later selling her podcast to Amazon Audible and really building a business after that. Because what she realized is that this dark night of the soul, these years that she struggled with fertility, ultimately she realized it led her to help others. And I know you're all here for a really similar reason. And so there is that synchronicity, there is that resonance that you're going to hear your own story within hers. And I know that you're here to lead, you're here to serve. And this episode is truly inspiring. It's going to give you hope and realize that all the things that you've had difficulty with, it's it's for a reason. Lastly, I will say, I want you to listen for something that Abby mentions. When she was younger waiting tables, she makes a mention of something, which is that we can always make more money. And as entrepreneurs, I think we need to remember that. And we're building our business. And sure, we have a certain amount of clients or certain hours in the day, but also realize that opportunities are endless. And so it is important that we reach out, get help, and find people who are going to help support us through this next level of our journey. So I don't want to give too much more away. I'm really honored to have Abby here on the podcast. Remember, any of the resources that she mentions or I mention 
will be found in the show notes as well as on the website. So let's get into this week's episode. And remember, take a screenshot, let us know you're listening and tag us. Additionally, I would like to add just a slight trigger warning if you have any sensitivities towards people discussing pregnancy, loss, in vitro, or anything really related to the topic of having babies and or the loss of them. Thank you. Enjoy this week's episode. You're listening to the Aligned and Unstoppable podcast. I'm your host, Emily Ahrens. I'm an entrepreneur and highly sought after energy healer with over two decades in practice. I'm a mixture of high vibe energy and cutting edge strategy with a little dash of unfiltered real talk, making this the one and only podcast that gives you a down to earth approach to business and spirituality. Tune in each week to get out of the stress of overworking so you can build a brand in alignment with your soul's purpose. If there's one thing I've learned the hard way, it's that you have to stop looking outside yourself for the answer and start looking within. We all have a unique path and it's time you start trusting in yourself. The truth is you already have everything you need. You just need to learn how to access it. Now, let's dive in. It's time you experience business and soul alignment. Hey listeners, welcome back to the podcast. As you know, I have reduced my number of episodes, but what that also means is the people I bring you as guests are unbelievable. And so I am here today with Abby Feeder, and I met her, I guess we met on Instagram. That was the first way we connected. Abby is an entrepreneur, and she is a specialist and expert in the field of fertility. And what's really cool how we also connect is she has her own Oracle deck as well, which is gorgeous. And so I wanted to bring her on for a couple of reasons. Number one, because my audience, you guys are primarily female entrepreneurs, so you all have that in common. But also whether you personally have gone through fertility issues or you know somebody who has or does or is or any of those past, present or future, it's good to have people in your corner and especially people who you can trust, who you feel connection to. And that's why I want to have Abby here today. So warm welcome. Thank you for being here. So happy to be here. And we met actually, yes, through Instagram because I heard you on the Kelly Roach show right. and I will be totally honest. I, I listen to her all the time. She has like multiple episodes a week. I've never like immediately reached out to a, one of her guests, but I just loved you. You like me, like you live in a dichotomy kind of like you have the business and you have the woo. And I, most people don't know that about me, but I also have the woo. I think people for you, like see the woo right away, right? They sure. see the spirituality and for me, they see more of the business person first, but beneath it all, I do have a very deep connection to spirituality and woo. So I was like, I must reach out to her. Like she and I, there's just so much in common and we just clicked right away. And I'm, I'm so happy to be here and support each other's business. Cause I think what you do is just phenomenal. Thank you. And another great recommendation that um, Abby gave me was the Entreprenista League, which really I'll, in the, I'll link it in the show notes if you're interested in a networking group with female CEOs. I mean, so far, so good. I've made some wonderful connections and I really just so appreciate that referral. So 
So let's dive in because, you know, Abby, you had a podcast as well. You've since sold it and, you know, you've grown your business. You're doing primarily coaching. And so let's just kind of roll back a little bit in time, you know, like which came first? Did you start your journey as an entrepreneur and you were wanting to get pregnant? Like, how, tell us a little bit about your backstory. I'm one of those people that's kind of always had an entrepreneurial spirit. In third grade, I had like, I lived in Manhattan, New York City, and I had like a, um, it was called Chachkas Unlimited. Like, Chachkas (laughs) is a Yiddish word for like junk, basically. And I just like sold stuff on the street. Like, I just, I've, I've always babysat. So I've always loved the idea of monetizing for good, whatever the case may be. And my background, honestly, I'm behavioral science. I have a, my bachelor's is in behavioral science. So somewhat related to the mental health fertility space. But I really got a degree to get a degree. And then I always wanted to pursue acting. And so I did go to grad school for acting. And even within the acting realm, there's so much entrepreneurial business stuff that has to happen that many creatives are not good at. And mm. I was always very good at that. The marketing, the keeping in touch with people, the relationship building. And so I feel like every facet of my life, I found a way to make it entrepreneurial. Of course, I waited tables like many actors do, which I loved. And I, to this day, like if I, if it weren't so physically taxing, I would still do because what it taught me was there's always ways to make more money, right? You can always pick up a shift. You can always cover for someone. You can always work a double. And I, if there was something I really wanted, I would just have a way right away to just hustle a little bit more and make extra money. Yeah. And I think that I feel like everyone in life should wait tables or work in some kind of customer service or commission-based business to yeah. get that understanding because I really think so many people are are married to the idea that like you work the nine to five and you make a set amount of money and that's it. So what can you do within that amount of money? Mm -hmm. I just always feel like there's always a way to make more. Yes. So all of that sort of informed my entrepreneurial spirit. And then when it became time to get pregnant and we weren't getting pregnant, that took precedent over everything. I was so miserable and so unhappy and so depressed and so just surprised. I just kept feeling like, how is this my story? I, I, I don't understand. I did everything right. I took care of my body. I, I married a great guy. And so whatever else was going on in my life took second fiddle. It was like, you know, sometimes trying to get pregnant is like a full-time job. And that's I what would it imagine. Felt like. yeah. yeah. And that's what I've seen my girlfriends who've gone through various ways of, you know, trying to get pregnant. It is a full-time job. And not to mention if, you go the route of IVF and all the doctor's appointments and the injections and the pills. And like, it is so taxing. It's so taxing oh and it's gosh. so freaking expensive, right? Yes. Like, yeah. so it's like, I didn't have the stamina or desire to work in any way, but also I needed to find a way to pay for fertility treatments. It was just, it was brutal. Yes. And so we went through it for many years, some without medical help. And then once we got on the medical bandwagon, we went really far into it, a crazy amount of times into it. Like we did four IUIs, four egg retrievals and eight transfers. So total of like 16, depending on how you look at it. Wow. I know. And again, even when I say it, I'm like, I just can't believe that was my story. And just spoiler alert, we did end up on the other side with, with twins, but we were told it would probably never happen for us biologically. So they are really miracles. Okay. So hold on, please. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Rewind. When someone, when a medical professional tells you it's probably not going to happen, what does that feel like? Just no, just no. I was just like, no, that's not, 
That's not our story. It's just not our story. And I know that sounds so crazy and like faith does not work for everyone, but I knew in my gut, we were going to have biological children. I didn't know for sure that I would carry them, Hmm. but even based on my medical, like what was going on in our, in our particular journey, we were making embryos. So that wasn't the issue for us. And I was like, if we are making embryos, we are having a biological child. I don't care what you say to me. Like we are doing this. And I love my fertility doctor to pieces. I had a few, but the one that I ended up with, I mean, she literally looked at us and was like, you know, if you want to do this again, we can, but I don't really know why you're doing it again. Wow. And I was like, okay, look, like by this point we had started what is now the podcast. We weren't sure what it was going to be at the time. Mm. We were just so sick of what everyone in our life was saying to us, you know, just relax, go on vacation. You can't be 15 rounds into the medical treatment and then like go on vacation and get pregnant. Sure. Does it happen to some people? Yes. Like lucky them, but <laughs> that was not what was going to happen for us. What, what were some of the things that like were very like particularly triggering or like angering? Like, so people know what not to say, because I feel like there's a large volume of books that need to be dedicated for like stuff. Don't ever say to people trying to get pregnant right now. And PS, if you're ever like on the fence, should I, or shouldn't I don't or reach out to me first and be like, is this okay? Um, so one of the first things I remember is like after my first round of IVF, one of my husband's friends was like, you know, once we started trying every other day, it happened. And I'm like, okay, buddy, do you understand we're doing like medication every day? Like every other day is not going to do it for us. So really in general, that goes to like, don't make suggestions for people. Just don't, just don't make suggestions. Just be a safe space to listen. Right. And I always say like, honesty is the best policy. So if you don't know the right thing to say, then you say, I truly don't know the right thing to say. I just want to be here for you. Yeah. That goes miles. So much. I think people are quick to, it's, it's like the awkward silence. Like I don't, uh, uh, and so they fill the space with a suggestion because it's like a knee-jerk reaction. Like, oh, I've hurt my elbow. Oh, you hurt your elbow? Have you tried icing it? Did you try wrapping it? Have you like looked at it with a doctor? Like we we know like three things basically to give anybody suggestions with, but if it's outside that realm, it's like, I don't know. So really erring on the side of just holding space for people is really the most important, impactful thing that you can do. Exactly. Like saying nothing is also not great. Right. Mm. So I think a lot of people felt they were doing the better thing by saying nothing. Mm -hmm. But again, I go back to like, let's go to the truth, which is, you know, last time we talked, which was six months ago, you were going through IVF. I see you're not pregnant or I see like, I don't know the right thing to say, but that must be really hard. And I'm here for you. Beautiful. Just acknowledge it, you know? Right. Right. Or did you notice that people distance because they they didn't know the right thing to say. So they're like, this is awkward. I'm just going to like put my head into a hole and step away. They like disappeared from our life because they didn't know what to do or say. And they were having babies and they knew we were trying at the same time that they were. And so they would literally just disappear. And like, that is really what the catalyst was for our podcast, because we couldn't go after these people and say, let me tell you how you've been shitty. You know what I mean? (laughs) But we needed a place to talk about it. And so- Someone was like, just grab a recorder. I don't know if it's going to be a podcast, but just sort of talk about it. And we did. And it became like our sort of de facto therapist. We would Mm. talk at night about the things that really hurt us during the day. We would record phone calls from our nurses and our doctors. And we didn't Mm. know what it was going to be. We just, it felt like an imaginary friend that was in it with us, you know? Yes. And so lo and behold, 
it did gain some um, attention, just the, the raw footage. We were very lucky. We were connected to a wonderful podcast company called Starburns Audio, and they had nothing in the space and nothing in the realm, and they just loved the idea. And so they were like, we want to produce this for you as an actual podcast. And so they did. And that's how it all started. And at, wow. at that point, we had just been told that it probably wasn't going to happen for us ever. Wow. Um, and so we were like, we need a place to talk about the grief that one carries for life mm. when your family doesn't turn out the way that you thought that it would. Mm. That was really how it all started. Yeah. And so it was both you and your husband the in, the entire time you had the podcast. And it's almost like it kind of reminds me of journaling, but you're kind of like co like writers, but you're you're it's like an audio journal essentially of documenting your process and everything that you experienced. And so once the podcast company kind of picked you up, both you and your husband were told this news, like it's not going to happen for you. Was there any part of you that was like, well, we should just not sign with this company? I mean, no, it almost more drove us to want to talk about it more because I didn't ever hear people talking about what it feels like to process that grief on a daily basis. Yeah. And by the way, this was like before podcasts were as much of a thing as they are now, right. which I love. And also specifically there are, there are now a lot of infertility and fertility podcasts out there. Totally. Um, and ours was one of the first, which I love. And ours is not about like interviewing people about their stories. It is literally our actual story in real time. Very unique, very like just so raw, so authentic. Yeah. And so, yeah, like that, really fueled our fire more to do the podcast. And then along the way, we did kind of our Hail Mary round of IVF and we got pregnant with multiples. Wow. Wow. And I mean, even our podcast producers were like, are you serious? Are you serious? Are you serious? Like they could not, because they'd been through this journey with us, you know? Yes. And so then our pregnancy, of course, wasn't easy because God forbid it ever is. And we ended up having to do a termination for medical reasons and all of these things that really... I feel, especially now, given the state of our political country, need a space to be talked about and totally given a human face. So we talked about all of it and it's all out there. And like that podcast company had a relationship with Audible and Amazon and then Audible and Amazon decided they wanted to buy the exclusive rights to the podcast. So that's where we really, that's like where we really sold it. Like we had sold it a little bit and then Starburns (laughs) helped us really sell it to Audible. So, wow. And, you know, so when you first found out you were pregnant and you shared the news, I mean, there are, I mean, so many different areas of thought on when do you share the news? Uh, Myself and one of my close girlfriends, we are both of the mindset of like, listen, if I'm pregnant now and I lose my baby, I'd like to have the support to talk with about that and not to have this like dark secret that I keep by myself. And I think this only perpetuates why we have so much trouble talking about miscarriages or infertility or even to terminating pregnancies. Like it's like this taboo topic. We know nobody talks about it, but yet there are millions of women suffering every day who are going through loss. And I've no one they don't feel safe to be able to share that publicly. I think, you know, it's really, really awkward because our podcast actually didn't come out until about three weeks before I was due. So I was very pregnant and people were hearing it and didn't know it was kind of a cliffhanger. So they didn't Uh know that we gotten pregnant. Gotcha. So there was like the coming out publicly and then the coming out to our close family and friends. And honestly, Pregnancy after loss and pregnancy after infertility is a whole special kind of trauma because 
I didn't enjoy my pregnancy at all. I was terrified every single day that the other shoe was going to drop and it wasn't going to become true, especially with multiples. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, at least if something happens to one, I'll probably still have one. I mean, these were the games I was, I know. Oh, I know. To have those kinds of thoughts on a regular basis for for 40 weeks. I mean, uh-huh. 40, yeah, I mean, 37 weeks, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I really, I mean, I told my close family and friends, I still waited until after the first trimester, not so much because of loss, but because we knew we had to terminate. So, we, we got actually ended up getting pregnant with three. Wow. And they were given like a 90, I was given like a 97% chance of miscarriage if I carried all three because I was about, I was almost 40. It, it was just it, because IVF, you know, ups your chances of miscarriage. But the fact that three made it to a larger state, like to a big state, like a, a far stage was insane because we had lost so many already. Yes. And now this is where a lot of my woo came in because, you know, I work with somebody here who's an amazing intuitive energy person. And I really needed help. First of all, deciding which one to terminate. I know that sounds horrible, Mm. but, um, you know, there's a whole medical process you go through to figure it out. And you look for any possible sign that there might be one that, you know, should be the one, but it, it was brutal. It was torture having to make that decision. But I have an amazing, her name's Gillian and she really helped me. This is so crazy, but I'm just going to go with it. Like throughout my pregnancy, there was a solar spirit that was trying to get through Mm. me. Mm. And I firmly believe still that that spirit was that third Mm. baby. And Mm. I was meant to, I mean, I still to this day call that baby, my angel baby, because that baby having to say goodbye to that angel baby brought me to my, my family that I have now. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I mean, I didn't tell people mostly because I wasn't sure if I should say I'm pregnant with three or two, or if only one was going to be able to make it. It was like such, oh my gosh, like holding your breath and not, I I can't even, I mean, these are impossible decisions for people to make. I mean, as entrepreneurs, we're like, do we have a pay in full or multi-payment? What do we do? (laughs) Is no other rep- repercussions. And I, you know, in my business, I say to my team all the time when we have decisions, I'm like, listen, it's not, no one's going to die here. We're just selling meditation. It's going to be okay. You know, we can't take ourselves too seriously sometimes, but these are, these are really life and death conversations and they're impossible. They're impossible decisions to make. And so you do have to dig in deep and you have to go into your heart, into your your soul to find those places within you to go, okay, so something has to happen. And I, I, I fully got chills when you said like your angel baby helped to bring your two kids into this world, which I mean, I say, just as I say it again, I get full chills. chills. When you said you got them, I got them too. I know, <laughs> but I truly believe that. And that's where I'm grateful that I do have some sense of spirituality and energy mm. and universe because it really helped guide me in this particular moment. Mm. So yeah, that is sort of, that's like my story, but from the podcast, that's how my business was born, so to speak, because people wow. just started reaching out to me all the time. What do I do? Thank you for sharing. Here's my scenario. Do you know a doctor? All these things. And I was like, there's such a need for a connector of the process and the emotional piece. That's yes. not a therapist, right? That's right. not available for 50 minutes at three o'clock on Tuesday and maybe has never been through it, Mm -hmm. but somebody who truly understands what you are going through, it can help shepherd you through 
the emotional, the physical, the financial, kind of all of it. That is how Encircle was born. So was Encircle born sort of in parallel to your children being born? It was born like, you know, I didn't know, none of us know what motherhood's going to be like, right? (laughs) Ever until you experience it. But I truly didn't know. I kind of assumed since it had taken me so long, I was going to want to be with them like every minute of every second of every day and like never work again. (laughs) But And like a weekend, I was like, oh, God, I don't know if I can be home. I don't know if I can do this, you know, Um, because, again, when you have an entrepreneurial spirit that really just lives inside of you, you can't do nothing. So, yes, I will echo that as well. I'm backing you up right here because my calling as an entrepreneur, just similar to you, has always been there from a very very early age. My first business was when I was 22. When I finally did get pregnant, I was at, I was, I think 32. And, and I remember my, my mother had come to visit one time and basically to talk to me about focusing as a stay-at-home mom and not on this little business and really encouraging me to like put this little business aside. And Had I listened to her, I wouldn't be here today, obviously. However, that year was the year I 10X'd my business. I love it. And by the end of the year, I said to her, I'm taking November off. I'm celebrating this stuff. And she was like, no, 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 you can't stop now that you... I said, listen, mom, I if I listened to you seven months ago, I wouldn't be here today. So thank you for your advice. But until you are an entrepreneur in my shoes, I will not be taking advice from you. Thank you very much. Because like, like, and I believe we can have both. Why we have been programmed to believe you can either this or that, but you can absolutely be a mother and have a successful business. And there are gobs of women out there who are massive, crazy successful and don't work full time or who work minimally and their businesses are just kicking butt. And they're like, I guess I homeschool my kids now because like I'm just making so much money. I'm just sitting here like I should do something. (laughs) I mean, great. Like, let's both be them. Those women. I I think in, you know, I mean, this is so clear to me and most people I think that are probably your listeners because there are a lot of entrepreneurs being a mother makes me a better business owner and being a business owner makes me a better mother. No two doubts. Like no question about it. It's just right. Like all the things that are able to fill our soul can drive all the sides of our life. So preach. Yeah. So after, after they were born, I was like, I know without a doubt that I went through this to be able to help other people. Like it was just so clear to me. Yeah. And yeah, it took a while to be, you know, I was still a mom of newborn twins and I wasn't sure how, what the model was going to look like. And so it took a while to become what it is now, but I have so much pride in being able to offer this service because I just, so many women are, are entering the fertility space in a business capacity because we all are just like enough, enough Mm. of this horrible experience that we went through. Like, what can we do to make it better? Yes. And gain some control because it feels so out of control. Yes. So um, that's the beautiful piece about it. I, I love that. And I want to say, you know, when we can kind of go through these dark nights of the soul, we can go through these hardships in our life and you you get through that place and now you're here and you can look back and go, I knew I had to go through that so that I could help serve other people. And I think what's really challenging for a lot of people is when we're in these dark situations and these challenges that are like they're taking us over to actually have 
the understanding, like, I might not see it now. I might not know it now, but this is this is happening for a reason. And just trusting that by itself. A lot of times we are in these difficult situations and we need to know what the end of the story is. Like, what is it all for? Why is it happening to me? But we're not really gaining the benefits of being in it also if we're trying to hurry up through it. So totally agree with that. I feel like if you are experiencing a dark night of the soul or you are undergoing a big challenge in your business or you're having issues with fertility or whatever it is right now that you're up against and it's hard and it feels insurmountable, I want you to hear Abby's story right now too and realize that if she's gone through all of this, which it seems like the people who I know haven't gone through nearly as much as you also, I'm just going to put that out there. If she's gone through this, you can get through it too. And it's going to happen for a reason. And I think a lot of the reasons why people are drawn to this podcast too is because there's something in them that knows that they're here to lead. And as leaders, you know, we're here like bushwhacking. We're like with a machete through like the jungle. There's no path in front of us. We are just trying to figure it out. And so there are times where there's like a clearing that we can just be like, oh, yeah. I own this. I know what I'm doing here. But a lot of times we're just like bushwhacking and we're just like a few steps ahead of you. And we're just looking back, going, reaching our hand back, going, come on, this way. Stick with it. And so that's it. It's like, hear our stories and and understand that you can also make it through to that next place. If you're feeling stuck or stagnant, there are ways through. And also I want to just reiterate, you reached out for help from multiple people from all different places. And I feel like I'm seeing this a lot recently, which is like there's two very distinct types of people, like people who want to just complain about everything bad in their life and then people who want to do something about it. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people could take the stance and especially, again, if people are saying to you, medical professionals say, nope, it's not going to happen. You could totally take that first road and be like, this is my life is is over. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. And, and sort of stick in that, that place. And like things just kind of happen around them, around this one issue. I think it shows such a strength of character in you that you could see this as like, this is not going to be my story. And just stepping up and going, uh-uh, I'm going to get through this. And now that you help guide other people through it from a place of walking the walk, that's so empowering. Hey, listeners, I had to jump into this podcast episode to tell you about something I've been totally obsessed with, which is Everyday Dose. It is a beautiful alternative to coffee. And if you're like me, I would start my day with coffee and little by little, I'd be adding more and more cups, which would then result in a midday crash headaches from withdrawal if I wasn't having coffee, and an increased feeling of anxiety. So if these are things that you two are up against, I would definitely recommend checking out Everyday Dose. So I've just become an affiliate because I love it that much. I'm literally obsessed with it because not only does it have real coffee in it, it has lion's mane, chaga mushrooms, L-theanine, and collagen. So the reason why I have switched from my regular coffee to using everyday dose is because it's helped me to feel like my brain is alert, I'm functioning, but without the crash and the jitters that coffee kind of comes with. It's delicious. It tastes like coffee. So if you're kind of a coffee snob the way that I am, you don't have to lose that love 
for coffee. It is right there. So one of the things I've noticed is a boost of energy. And we all know to get in your highest alignment, you need that energy. Um, My gut health has been totally improved. I've been actually sleeping better. And it's also a great product because Everyday Dose is GMO-free, it's keto, it's dairy-free, it's gluten-free, and it is USDA organic ingredients. So what I would love to invite you to do is try it for a week, completely free. So go over to my special link as an affiliate. It's emilyarons.com forward slash start dose that will get you started on your one week trial. You just pay for shipping. So you'll get to experience the awesomeness that is everyday dose at no risk. Again, emilyarons.com forward slash start dose. You'll thank me later. And so when people reach out to you and they're going, I don't even know where to begin. Who do I talk to? How do I get help through this? How did you do it? They're hearing your story. Did you start working with people individually? Did you know that you wanted to do groups of people? Like, and then like next, next, like the card deck, like we'll get into that. But (laughs) how did it kind of start to develop for you? So I truly, when I launched the business, I had a business partner. We have since divorced Mm amicably-ish, but- it just wasn't a, it wasn't a fit, but she was amazing at helping set up the business, not an entrepreneur at all. And that's sort Mm -hmm. of where you have to really follow your gut on that, you know, biggest tip I would say entrepreneurially. Mm -hmm. Um, but we would say you get two for one, right? Cause you would, we launched right before COVID and we pictured ourselves, we were were like, Oh, we'll have like an office that looks like a therapy office and we'll cry with people. And we'll, And then we were like, oh my God, we can't see anyone. What are we going to do? Let's pivot. And so we started on Zoom. We started very slowly. You know, we actually started by volunteering for an organization that pairs like peer mentors for fertility just to get the experience and to get some testimonials and to see, could we really actually do this? Yeah. And we did it one-on-one. Like, you know, I took a person and she would take a person, but we were like, as we launch our business, let's move it to zoom. Let's try two-on-one. And so that's how it kind of started the two-on-one model. So you get two coaches, one patient. Mm -hmm. Um, and her story was very different than mine. So we felt like we had a lot of bases covered and then it just became like, well, eventually we're probably going to do one-on-one because we don't, we have a system now and we see what we're doing. And, you know, we had you could work with us for a year or six months or four months or three months or an hour. And it was like, no, like that's all too much. Let's have one signature package. And for me, the signature package, we were finding even with four months, it wasn't enough. And one of my strengths is relationship building. Like I want to know that you're committing to six months of going through this with me. And I'm committing to six months of going through this with you. Mm. I really take my client's to heart. I want them to take me to heart. I want them to feel comfortable to reach out. And unfortunately in the grand scheme of infertility, six months, isn't even that long. Mm. Sometimes you think it, you know, this was a problem with the year package. Nobody wanted to be thinking they were going to be going through infertility still in a year, whereas many of us are. Mm. And so six months felt like a, a nice, reasonable amount of time where we could make a meaningful relationship together and still navigate one to two to maybe three courses of treatment and see what's happening. Mm. And the way that I say it is like, we all know about the pregnancy glow. I like to give the fertility glow and glow is for G is for game control. L is for learn what works. O is for ovary love and W is for win. So those are sort of the place like we, the gaining control is the number one step, like making a plan together and not feeling like this is all happening to us. And what are we going to do? And like, 
we're at the helm of whatever our doctor says, but no, like what can we do to feel in control of the journey? And then finding the right team of people, doctors, acupuncturists, energy people, whatever works individually for a specific client and like making the plan together. Wow. So that is really, and I'm, I'm so happy with the six month package. I love getting to know my people. Many of them come on for another six months. I wish they didn't have to, but some of them do. Yeah. And many of them come on for six months, even after getting pregnant, because mm. like I said, there's no kind of trauma like pregnancy after infertility. And they want to just know that I'm still available to walk them through that. Yes. That, that, and that fourth trimester, I mean, the two of them, I mean, I, and I mean, that can, I'm not trying to remarket your business here, but even what you said is like, statistically speaking, most people are going to be in it for a year, even though we don't think we want to. And, you know, understanding that there is so much that can go into these, these containers, these six months containers together, even beyond trying to have a baby after you've had a baby, there's still, there's work to do there. Right. Right. The feelings of motherhood after infertility, like you feel like you're supposed to be so grateful for every little thing, but like getting no sleep still makes you miserable. And you're allowed to say that even though you wanted your baby more than anything in the world. Right. Totally. Totally. So it's really like a lot of mind games that happen. Oh yeah. And I mean, I think we all suffer from some, some range of postpartum depression. I, I think there's a wide spectrum I know for me, both of my kids didn't really sleep for the first year. And it, I mean, your brain just doesn't work on all cylinders, period. I remember I used to take pictures of my newborns and be like, I think people take pictures of babies to realize and remember how cute they are when like they're literally draining every ounce of life from me. Like, it's like, like I, mean, I have friends who are like obsessed with babies and they go on to having home health, like, you know, babysitting and all. I'm like, please, please no. Like when I see cute babies, I'm like, oh, that's good for you. Yeah. 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 And I always say like everyone's children suck except mine. You know, <laughs> that's like, and I, and, and I didn't know that I was going to feel that way. You know, yeah. I, I thought I was just going to want to like immerse. So really managing that piece of it too, when you overcome infertility is, is Huge. an important piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Huge. And again, it's like this, this gray area that doesn't really come up to the surface and get talked about and looked at. And that is really like, I am all about talking about all of it. Like I'm such an open book. I think it's so important. I don't expect everybody to be an open book. But I like to take advantage of the fact that I am because I think yeah. it's grounded in reality. This is just the reality. And what I've learned mostly from doing the podcast is that every, so many people are like, oh, that is exactly how my husband and I fight. Thank you for it. Like, I thought we were just even more horrible people than most. And like, I see now that that's normal to fight that way. And it doesn't mean we don't love each other. Or mm -hmm. I wanted to murder my doctor when they said that to me too. So thank you for just saying that because I felt so validated. And that mm. is really what sharing our stories is about, right? Like yes. validating each other so that we know we're not alone in this and that nothing's wrong with us. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I, yesterday, um, I actually had my annual checkup at my OB. I, I go, I see an, I see a midwife and that's who I had. That's where I went for my, the birth of my children. And the facility is being shut down. It's part of a hospital and they're, they've been petitioning and it's actually being shut down. And when I went there yesterday, you know, I was, I was angry because there's no other alternative, you know, medical adjacent kind of facilities in, in the area with midwives with this kind of experience. And 
And so they're like being dispersed into other places for women. And, you know, it's surprising because Massachusetts has great reproductive health benefits and like seems really pro, you know what I mean? I'm so surprised. It's, it's shocking. And, you know, the, the midwife who I spoke to, she's been doing this for a hundred years, basically. And even just the level of love and care that she gave me doing breast exam and pelvic exam. And we were talking about, you know, what to look for when you're doing a breast exam. And I kind of just threw in, you know, after nursing my kids for so long, my breasts just didn't look like they used to. And, you know, I did consider implants and she stopped me right there and she took my hand and put it on my belly And she looked me in the eyes and she said, just remember, this body brought in life. This body is wonderful and love this body, you know? And it's so it's like when you get that level of care, you can't possibly compare it to being in like a sterile environment. And then when you're in those maybe harsher sterile environments with doctors and you think that that's like the norm and you can't have a person like you who you can be like, actually, maybe we could advocate for you a little bit or maybe we needed to find a different doctor or find a place that is a little bit more in alignment with your values. You know, I just realized how sacred that place has been for me all these years. It never felt like things were being pushed on me. It This just felt so warm and loving and welcoming. And I would wish that for every woman going through going through any, anything. And it's exactly what you say. Like, we don't know what we don't know. So when we go to a doctor that maybe doesn't treat us in a safe way, we we leave feeling like, Ooh, that was weird, but I guess that's how it goes. That's how it is. Yeah. Why would you know any different or any better? Right. That's why, that's why we need to tell these stories, you know, to know what's better. Yes. We need to tell these stories and we need people who are like you or groups of women who can get together and gather and speak these things out loud And understand, I mean, part of this conditioning has been passed down from our parents and from our grandparents. I mean, I have a next door neighbor. She's 81 years old. And after she had her third baby, they put a heat lamp on her vagina. They put a heat lamp on her and she ended up getting burns on her skin, on her labia. Oh my God. Right. It's like archaic. I, I, she can't even articulate it. She doesn't so even I, know. Right. No. And she just goes with it because you're like, oh, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. Or like they took her kids and she wasn't supposed to breastfeed them. Like she was like a bad mother because she was breastfeeding at that time. It was like a taboo thing. So it's like, this wasn't that long ago. I mean, this woman is literally living and breathing next door and telling me these stories. And so again, having people that we can talk to and who can help share these stories and hold space in this way is so important. So So you work with people one-on-one. Do you have group programs or sort of how does that? I do some group coaching, uh, like a support group coaching, really. Um, But I do that for other organizations like Resolve, which is the National Infertility Awareness Association. Um, There's an amazing group called Fertility Rally that does a bunch of different support groups. Mm -hmm. So I don't personally do a group coaching, although it is very much on my radar to potentially develop one. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard because some people don't want to go through it with someone else and Mm -hmm you know, my fear of a group coaching is like, let's say I take five women together and like two get pregnant and three don't Mm. what happens, right? It's just like a little tricky. So, um, but I am working, you know, what's amazing is that so many companies are starting to bring fertility benefits into their workplace, which I think is so crucial, Yes, but it's almost reactive, like a bandaid on a problem. And they're not the people get the benefits, but still know how to use them well. Right. So what I'm doing is like trying to approach companies is like, let me help you help these women so that you're not just like slapping in a a corporate 
insurance plan on them, but that they understand what's happening, yes, what to choose. And so in that capacity, I'd like to work in groups, but you know, this is like anything, it's a long road. So that's sort of what I'm working on right now. If anybody has any corporate, you know, connections that they want to put me through to, please send them my way. Yeah. I love Um, that. Yeah. So I, for now just feel like, because also this is the thing with infertility with six months, you might need me every day for three weeks. And then not, then we're in a waiting period for two and a half months. So that's why I also, why I do a longer term plan because the ride is a total uneven roller coaster. So you might not need me all the time. Right. Which makes sense. And I love that too, about your model of really giving people that flexibility and, and realizing like, you don't need people to need you to be there all the time. But then I love, so I'm going to talk about your card deck. So this is that invitation of, you know, if you're not quite at that stage or even people who are working with you, having this deck is so beautiful. So you have empowering messages on each of the cards. They're like a rainbow in color for people who are watching the video. Yes. I can't believe I didn't send you some. I should have sent you some. I'm going to send you some after this. Thank you. Oh yeah. (laughs) You don't need them, them, but this way you'll have them for someone else who might need them. And you know, we did talk about doing a possible giveaway too. Yes. Why don't we do it? Yes. Let's do that. Yes. I'll give two, I'll give two decks away. Two decks away. Thank you. Thank you. So we'll we'll have a giveaway for podcast listeners. We'll share it on Instagram and just to get people excited about it and to see. So I love the parentheses around infertility. Oh, gosh. Also like deciding internally that you might be infertile is a big decision. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like it, where's my finger here? If you don't like it, then they're fertility cards of affirmation. And if you understand that you might be going through infertility already, then they're infertility cards of affirmation. Yes. Or it's in your fertility. Fertility. Like, I think it can have multiple meanings. Yeah, I loved it. So yeah, these were born out of, I got a deck of cards as a gift after I had babies already. And I was like, oh my God, I wish I had had these during my infertility journey. Wait a second. And so I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I'm going to look for infertility cards of affirmation of which there are none. And so I was like, we have to make them. And the artist, like you, anyone on video can see the rainbow, like you were describing and you'll see it on Instagram. So the artist is amazing. Her name is Jamie Bleacher and she is the glitter enthusiast on Instagram. And she went through her own insane fertility journey and decided to gain control over her journey. She was going to use art with IVF needles. So she takes sterile IVF needles and makes these incredible, like, here's what each card looks like. These incredible compilations. Oh, are, I mean, she uses like blow dryers and alcohol and all she's all using it with, um, IVF needles. And so she did the artwork. It was like such an obvious match for me. I was like, <laughs> I have to call Jamie about this. I don't know. Is there another art? Is there another artist that would be a better match for you? I'm not I sure. don't think so. <laughs> so like, here's one that I just picked randomly. I can speak up when others suggestions or advice cause me stress and pain. Like we were just talking about. Yes. I can't. So this is affirming. I can speak up when other suggestions or advice cause me stress and pain. And you can see this one happens to be green. They're all different colors. Beautiful. And it's just because again, you right? Someone says like, oh, try every other day or just relax or go on (laughs) vacation. And you're inside is like so raging angry 
So then you check your card and maybe the next day you say, you know, there was something you said the other day and I just want to let you know, maybe that wasn't whatever it might be. So Mm. these are very specific to the fertility journey. I love them. And I was going to ask you to pull a card. So I'm glad that you did. (laughs) I still use them now, even though I'm, you know, on the other side, but um, I find them very helpful in everyday life. I mean, that message is, is perfect for no matter what. Yes, totally. I think And honestly, people were reaching out to me all the time, like mothers and sisters and best friends that were like, you know, my best friend's IVF just failed. I don't know what to do. Do I get flowers or does that seem like it's a funeral? Do I say nothing? And so when you go on our site and look at the cards, I even give examples of things you can say that include things like, you know, I saw these cards and they made me think of you. I never know the right thing to say, but I hope that they, you know, provide support in your journey or whatever Mm. it might be. I give little examples of things that you can say because there aren't perfect gifts out there for this kind of grief and loss. And now I feel like there are. Totally. And you know what? You just made me see greeting cards as well. Yes. And that's something that Jamie has been working on as well. Yeah. I mean, those, those would be beautiful greeting cards that people could buy from you and, you know, it's not that like that card could be the message and inside it could say one of the beautiful things that you just said of totally, you know, people I love that go, idea. <laughs> you heard it here first on the Aladdin Unstoppable podcast. Full credit. <laughs> Thank you. I, I don't, I don't need it. But, but I mean, that's just, it is like, we, we all are se- searching for those pieces that can say the things that we wish we could say and being able to give people a tool like that is so wonderful. Abby, thank you for being a guest and thank you for sharing your story. I think that the listeners are going to hear so much hope in your story and also see, I mean, even when you talked about your business model of offering a gazillion things and then now narrowing it down, like let's have a signature program. And actually, this is how I serve at my highest level. I mean, this is stuff I talk about all the time. And it is it is so congruent with the messages that I share here. So I think if people are hearing you say it, it's you, it's not me saying it's you. See, I told you so. We didn't, um, we didn't talk ahead of time about this, I promise. <laughs> we did. But, but that's also part of the journey is like, we have to eat a little humble pie. We volunteer, we try this, we try that, we throw a spaghetti against the wall. And then we go, Hoom, this is it. Like we get, we have to get to that pace, but we can't just I think people want to fast forward and just get to the place where they have the thing that sells to everybody. But like, what fun is that? You're not going to build your audience and build your messaging and understand who you are if you just start with, I just offer this one thing. And I, you know, you're not even confident in it at that point either. And I think one of the important things that I do, you say in a, in a different way, like nothing is set in stone. So if you try it and it doesn't work for you, then you just can change it. It's, it's not right. Like that was hard totally. for me because I'm very like, plan must be in place. Now this is the plan. I can't change it. I just put it in place. But if it's not serving you or your people, then yeah. it's not working. So, yeah. so change it, you know? Powerful. All right. Um, feeling is mutual, Abby. So um, everybody can find you. You're uh, in circle in infertility on Instagram. In circle okay. fertility and, and Abby feeder. You can find either one and cross find me on both. And I love my DMs. So feel free to reach out. You can go to my website. If you want a 30 minute, you know, connection call to see if maybe you want to work together, we're a fit, please reach out for that. And, um, and we're going to do two, two card giveaways, which I'm super awesome. excited about. So cool. But it's like, this is the podcast that just keeps on giving. I love it. So good. <laughs> 
All right, listeners, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a screenshot and tag me and Abby in your stories. You know, we both love DMs. She just said it. This is the best way to give back to us, to say thank you, to say what was your aha or that something really helped you. Or if if Abby said, oh, this particular phrase and then you used it on your friend and you're like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed to say. Thank you for those words. Connection is everything and we are both totally all about it. You can always leave a positive review on iTunes and give us both a shout out on there. Thank you for listening and sticking with us. And please get yourself in that card giveaway. I want you to win those cards. They're so gorgeous. Thank you for listening. Lots of love. We'll see you on next week's episode.